Girlfriends, episode number 160, Teaching Kids About Tough Moral Issues with Layla Miller. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I am talking with author Layla Miller about her newest book, which is all about teaching kids about tough moral issues and who doesn't need help with that. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends podcast this week. You know I always love to connect with you here. This week, before we get started and I share my newest interview with you, I just want to give a shout out to people who've been sending me pictures on social media that they're reading my books. I don't know why there's a sudden research. I guess it's because of the release of You Are Enough, but there's been a research of interest in my book, which published previous to that, You're Worth It. So I just want to briefly describe both books in case you're not familiar, but You're Worth It um, is the one with like a turquoise cover. And that one's been showing up in places lately. And that one focuses on women in the New Testament and what we can learn about God's unique love for women based on the content of those stories, of the real life stories of Jesus interacting with real life women. I find that so fascinating that Jesus, God, walked the earth and and touched people and talked to people and healed people. And in his interactions with women in particular, I find really inspiring. So that book explores those themes. Then my newest book available from Ascension is You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. And this one looks at women in the Old Testament. And I've shared quite a bit of that content and information about that book here on the podcast. Um, And I have a retreat that is based on the content. I have two separate retreats, one based on You're Worth It, one based on on You Are Enough. You can find out more information about that at daniellebean.com forward slash retreats. But I just wanted to give a shout out to a few people who um, sent me links because they reviewed my book either on Barnes and Noble or at Amazon or did a little post on social media. And that is so helpful. I'm so grateful to people who do that. If you have read one of my books, if you've read anybody's book, and enjoyed it, and you want to give a shout out, a payback to that author for blessing you with the content of that book, a really good way to do that is by leaving a review. Uh, You know, I'll never forget that with one of my books once, um, I was like, of course, watching the Amazon reviews. And uh, I'd never get a ton of Amazon reviews. Some people get hundreds and hundreds of them. I don't. I get very few. And so I do read them. And um, this one particular one, I remember this woman wrote, read, found okay. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, I mean, that's fine. That's her opinion and, and she's entitled to it. But uh, it was crushing for me to have, you know, poured my heart and soul into this book. And then that was what somebody, you know, somebody who actually took the time to go and log into Amazon and leave a review wrote, read, found, okay. Yikes. Okay. So if that's what you want to say, well, you know, maybe save yourself the time. <laughs> but if you want to make my day. I would love it if you would leave a review on Amazon for any of my books, but especially for You Are Enough, my newest book available from Ascension. The links are always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Okay, well, this week's topic is talking to kids about tough moral issues. And my guest, I'm going to share with you in a moment here, a recent conversation that I had with author Layla Miller. I've known Layla around online for years now. She and I both were blogging back in blogging's heyday, 
in the Catholic blogosphere. Um, but she's now um, writing books that are excellent. And this one happens to be published by Catholic Answers. And I got to tell you, I didn't have a copy of the book when we did the interview. I've since received a copy of the book and I've been devouring it and then strategically leaving it where my 17-year-old son and 15-year-old daughter might pick it up and browse through it. I'll keep you posted on my progress with that uh, covert operation in the coming weeks. Um, but are you really going to like this conversation? Because I think this is an area of parenting where many of us struggle. Many of us have trouble talking with our kids about, about sex, about drugs, about pornography, about homosexuality, uh, all the stuff that's in the news that... Sometimes we want to protect our kids from, but we really can't do that. And so I think some parents find themselves floundering with finding the right ways to approach these kinds of topics with their kids. Well, Layla is a great a great resource for anybody struggling in that area. And her newest book also is something you're going to want to check out. But in the meantime, please enjoy this recent conversation that I had with Layla Miller. Hey everyone, welcome back to Girlfriends. I am excited to have a guest that's joining me for today's show. My guest is Layla Miller. Layla Miller is a revert to the Catholic faith, a wife, a mother of eight, a grandmother of seven. She blogged for eight years at Little Catholic Bubble and is the author of three books, Raising Chaste Catholic Men, Primal Loss, The Now Adult Children of Divorce Speak, and her most recent book, Made This Way, How to Prepare Kids to Face Today's Tough Moral Issues. Layla and her family reside in Phoenix, and you can find out more about all of her and her work and her family at LaylaMiller.net. Welcome to Girlfriends, Layla. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so honored to be here. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've seen you online for years. Like we said, you you, you used to blog regularly. You're less of a, a, a everyday kind of blogger anymore, like most of us, right? Yeah, it sort of has gone to Facebook for some reason. I don't know. I'm on <laughs> Facebook every day, and I think maybe because it's um, – I don't have to check my grammar as much, perhaps. It's yep. quicker. I'm not sure, but, uh, but I kind of made the switch, and then I thought, oh, I don't know if I have time to do both. But mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to go back to a little more of a, a formal blogging mm -hmm. status. So, so we'll okay. see how that goes. It's a good discipline for a writer, for sure. I, I found that yes. myself. I miss blogging in a lot of ways. I'll find myself crafting this really long Instagram post, and I'll be like, maybe um, I should use my original outlet for this kind of thing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I have the same thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of this entire blog post in my head. And then I get my phone. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it in my notes. And then I put it in my notes and then I don't ever take it to the blog. So, but it's, it's in there. It's all there. And yeah, yeah I hear you. Oh gosh. Well, it's, the, it's a, a modern day thing that writers are facing, yes. I think, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yes. today I want us to really focus on your most recent work, which is your newest book, Made This Way, How to Prepare Kids to Face Today's Tough Moral Issues. Now, this is published by Catholic Answers, and um, did you, you co-wrote it with Trent Horn, is that right? I did, yeah, and that was really interesting because um, he and I, I, you know, he's. I, I always have said, oh, gosh, he's like the world's best Catholic apologist. He's out there doing all this stuff. I know, he's amazing. I uh, he's really amazing, and I actually knew him when because he um, is from Phoenix. Oh. So before he went off and became a real great apologist, he was local here, you know, and teaching um, high school kids how to be really pro-life. And then he took one of my my oldest daughter, who's 27, took took her off to World Youth Day as one of the um, chaperones uh, in Sydney, Australia. Wow. So we knew each other beforehand. 
And then he went off and, you know, went to California and did the um, apologetics. So it's kind of funny that we're back um, <laughs> doing a book together. Yeah. So it, was, it was good. Well, how did that come about? I mean, this topic, I, you know, when I saw that title and I, I read the description of yeah. the contents, I thought, this is what parents need. This is what kids need. But what, how did it start between you and Trent and how did you decide to do this? Yeah, that's interesting too, because um, for a while I've wanted to, my, my kind of my thing or my shtick, I don't know, is to to make the faith kind of accessible to people like me, which is just mm-hmm. a housewife, you know, someone who's just, I was a cradle Catholic, but very poorly catechized in the 70s and 80s, like a lot of people. Sure. And um, so when I reverted and learned my faith, I needed it to be just in simple terms, but in in powerful terms. I mean, we're not watering anything down at all. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I write. It's just very simply. So I kept thinking, okay, I've I've reached a lot of people just through the blog and such, and I know that they, um, other parents have been interested in how I could give them words or or have them uh, learn their faith simply. So I've done that for a while. And then I realized, okay, this changing culture has been crazy. I mean, things that my older kids had to face and we had to face as parents of the older kids were nothing compared to what we're facing now. My youngest is eight. Yep. So now, you know, we've got these issues that are coming up. So for a long time, I was like, okay, I've got to write. I wrote Raising Chase Catholic Men, and that was um, helpful for, it was just mostly for moms. And and I thought, no, we need to cover all these topics. So then um, I just happened to run into Trent when he was doing a, a radio interview at the diocese here. He, he was in town, and we, we talked about our next ideas. And he said, that's kind of what I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And so then we thought, oh, okay. So we met for lunch because we thought, okay, his research is excellent. He knows his research. He's got, that's his forte. He just, yep. and my writing and my experience, because he has two little boys, but I have, you know, grown ups. Mm-hmm. And so we just thought we could probably, this dovetails really well, his, my experience and his, his research and, and knowledge. Right. So that's how it came about. We, we just had lunch and we said, let's do this thing. Wow. Oh, that's, that's great. And I love that description of the way you're both coming at it from kind of different angles. Um, but yeah. maybe you could speak a little bit about what topics are exactly are covered in this book, because sure. as a mom of yeah. older kids, young adult kids, kids in high school, kids in middle school, well, we homeschool the younger ones, but mm-hmm. I know I know what, what's going on out there, what they're yeah. facing, even it's inside scary. of everyday classrooms, you know, otherwise yeah. innocuous situations, it's in their face because it's all over the culture. So what, what's included? So the 10 topics that we talk about are all related to the use or misuse of human sexuality. And mm-hmm. what we included was um, sex outside of marriage, same-sex marriage, divorce, contraception, abortion, reproductive technologies like IVF, mm-hmm. uh, modesty, pornography, transgender identity, and um, homosexuality. And we did it all based on a natural law type of teaching, or um, it's kind of the way we used to teach as a church. It's the way that we've kind of forgotten to teach in the last 50 years, which is looking at the nature of a thing and saying, what is this What is this thing's nature and what is right. the purpose of this thing? And that's how things tend to thrive. If we use a thing according to its nature, and if we use something against its nature, it tends to, things tend to go bad. Right. So that's how we undergird. So we give a little lesson, and again, very easily understood. It's not, you know, some high theology. We mm-hmm. give a little basic lesson in natural law um, understanding, and then we dive into each of these ten moral issues. And, wow. and it, go ahead. I was going to no, say, no, no. Go to... on. Go on. Well, what I was going to say is the way we want it again to be so user friendly because parents need this tool. Parents are afraid. And I don't blame them. Catholic parents are scared of this culture, mm-hmm. and they don't know what to say. Most of us were poorly catechized. So what we did 
is each of those 10 um, subjects is a, is a section. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, let's say on the abortion section, we have one section, which is what the church teaches. And it's very short, but it gives you just great information, what the church teaches on abortion. Then the next section is how to speak to little kids on this issue of abortion. Okay. And then the third chapter in that section is how to speak to big kids or teenagers about abortion. So each each topic you could just go to. If your child comes up to you and says, you know, um, you know, mom, girls can marry girls, which my son did, mm-hmm. uh, you could go to that section on um, same-sex marriage, and you can have what the church teaches, how to speak to little kids about it, and how to speak to teenagers about it. So it's almost like a reference book as well as just yeah. you could read straight through. Oh, I love that. And I love that you have it broken up by ages. Um, and yeah. because I know, and you know, as a mom of many kids, how different they all are. And yeah. they're, they're different needs. Like some of my kids were ready to have a frank conversation and be indignant about the injustice of abortion yeah. at a very young age. Yeah. But then others yeah. of mine are just crushed to even hear yeah. that this is an issue in our society. And yeah. um, you got to kind of navigate that carefully. But it sounds like the book is going to prepare parents well for those different levels. Yes. And we felt that that was really imperative because, and, and, and you're right. I mean, every single parent knows his or her child better than anyone else. So mm-hmm. you can navigate even in your own family, who is ready, who can handle this, who can't handle this, who has a different sense of justice or injustice, or, um, you know, mm-hmm. sensitivity. But we also look at what the church teaches about the latency period or the age of innocence. So you have, you have this, um, again, largely forgotten, but, the church came out with a document in 1995 called The Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality. And you can mm-hmm. Google it. I, I always say to every parent, we didn't even know this exists, but right. read it. You know, print it out, get a highlighter. It was written in 1995, Pontifical Council for the Family. But what's really fascinating is it talks about the, the, the latency period or the latency, meaning the age of innocence, as, as John Paul II talked about a lot, which is about from the age um, four or five to about puberty. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, we're not even, if we don't, if, if the culture didn't force our hand, we're not even supposed to talk about any type of explicit sexuality. Sure. Um, it even says you're not even supposed to talk about homosexuality as a, as a concept until they're teenagers. Well, now, of course, we know that's out the window. I, I mean, know. That's, how, can, how can that even happen anymore? So, but we still have to respect the idea that even if we have to broach these topics because, like you said, our hand is forced by mm-hmm. the schools, by the libraries, by the TV shows, by everything, we have to do it in such a way that we do the least damage because mm-hmm. we're supposed to protect that, that innocence and not sexualize our kids. So, right. so we talk about that a lot. So that's why we have it broken down. You don't want to talk if someone says, why, you know, mom, girls can marry girls. You don't want to go into a discussion of homosexual acts right. or, you know, why sure. does, you know, can't work. You want to say something that um, won't, um, won't bring in any explicit details. And then, of course, the teens you would want to get into, you need to get into more of the details of what, what and why. Right. So. Yeah. Um, now, tell me, Layla, if parents read this book, are they going to be inspired to just educate their children, teach their children the truth, which of course we all want to be doing, just kind of arming them with the truth. Or it, or is it also for parents who might want to be preparing their kids to be sort of mini apologists themselves? I mean, is that part of what you're teaching here? Great question. It's such a great question. And I, we, when we started out, our, our aim was, okay, we need parents to be um, to get to have those words and to have those sample conversations to have with their kids, and it would also be good we thought for 
for priests and even for youth ministers and for grandparents and aunts and uncles. So we thought, oh, adults, you know, it's all right. going to be these adults. Then the book came out, and I get this, um, I, I get this text from a friend of mine, and, I, and I've since heard from other people, but I get this text, and she shows me a picture of her high school, um, I think that she's 14, her daughter, yep. reading the book straight through, just absolutely engrossed in the book. And she said, she read it through in two days, and she said, Mom, this is exactly what is happening at school, and I needed this. Wow. So she is. She's getting the, And now my son, who is 14, is reading it because he says, Mom, yeah, we have these discussions in class. So right. it's, it's actually, I would say for high schoolers, they can read this. As long as you, there's a few graphic things, especially um, really disturbing, some of them in the, in the pornography section. Just mm-hmm. make sure that you read that through. Right. We give um, a warning on that. But... Again, they're old enough to make a baby. They're pretty much old enough to mm-hmm. understand what sex and the consequences of, of the misuse of sex are. And right. so for every parent, you know, they can judge. But, yeah, yeah, the older teens, high schoolers, I think they can use it to be budding apologists. Yeah, yeah I love that. Um, and not that every kid is going to want to be that apologist. You know, right. <laughs> I've witnessed that as <laughs> right. well. Some of my kids yeah. have just charged into high school and um, ready to defend the truth everywhere that they were challenged. But then others of mine are like, um, I just want to get through here. Yes, <laughs> just wanna... Exactly. Just kind of under the radar. Yes. Yeah, yes. 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 I have the same situation. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're all different, but this sounds like a wonderful tool to even just educate them with the basics. Because for me, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit in your own experience or what's available in the book with my teenagers, especially I've always worked on kind of cultivating because I, I was raised in a home where this was the case, an atmosphere where you can ask any question you want. Yes. And not only you, but your friends. You can have people mm-hmm. over here. We can have conversations about anything you want, anything you're curious about, yeah. anything you're worried about, scared about, challenged about, whatever. And I find that that, for me growing up, was such a, a strengthening of my faith because I felt like uh, I, it, I really was kind of finding out the truth because I, I could ask anything. And um, I really want to cultivate that in my kids. And um, but also kind of encourage them to be open to friends who might be questioning these same topics. Oh, Danielle, this is exactly right. I can't stress enough. We have, I mean, Dean and I have an open door policy. It's like wh- whatever anyone needs to come and talk to us about, it will not be, you know, you, know, you won't be shamed. You won't be um, ridiculed. You won't be uh, given a watered down like, oh, no, I can't really, you know. Right. You won't be told, oh, that's just because the church teaches it. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. we are past that point. I mean, we have to be able to have these conversations. So, yes, there's this policy. Not only should your own kids want to and know very deeply that they can come to you with any of these questions, but that their friends can do the same thing and, and mm-hmm. that they can talk to their friends about it. And absolutely. That is so key and I even say to parents, because parents get very worried, they don't know what to, you know, they're nervous about sure. sex, you know, they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And they not only have the problems that previous generations did where they didn't want to talk about, you know, premarital sex, like, sure. oh, they don't want to talk about it. But now it's everything else. I mean, it's sure. the most bizarre thing, the, the most, you know, things you wouldn't even thought about. So we, we have to, so they're even more afraid. And, and I guess this will be the tool to give them confidence. Like, it's huge. We need parental confidence to come back. Mm-hmm. And so... If they can learn their faith just just one step ahead of the kids, you know, and then know how to have these conversations, they um, will have a kid, let's say, that comes up to them, and and I've had this happen, a kid that comes up with something almost shocking. Like uh, I had a sixth grader son come up to me once with something very shocking that he had heard at school and he wanted to know what it meant. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it was, and I went to public high school. I can tell you, I, I'm not approved, but at that, it, it actually shocked me. I was right. like, I couldn't believe it. And so, but what I did, and again, we have to practice this even, I may be dying inside, but I'm not going to show that to my child. I'm going to show a calm face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not, you know, look away or run away, shrink away. And I'm going to say, oh, okay, honey, well, let's talk about that. And then we're going to talk about it. We're going to say what it is or what it means to the extent that we can and their age appropriateness. And then we're going to put it in the context of, of, of the faith. We're going to put it in the context of God's design for human sexuality and why that's when people um, can truly be free to love or be happy. You know, right. so we go into it, but you don't. You're exactly right. You you have to have open conversations with your kids and not mm-hmm. let them get to college without ever having had any of these. And I know good Catholic families who've done that, where they said, "I just can't talk to my." And yeah. I'm thinking, "Wait, your kids are already in college. Who do you think is gonna, <laughs> who's, who's gonna ta- someone's who's talking to them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got to do this, guys. We've got to do this. Oh, I love your encouraging vibe there because um, I know that some of my listeners are moms of little kids and. They go into panic mode when these topics mm-hmm. come up. I mean, I've seen it time and again. I've experienced it as a, mm-hmm. a, young, a younger mother years ago. Like, what on earth? I could never talk to my kid about that. I could never. Yeah. And I even remember, mm-hmm. you know, the first time I was trying to have a adult kind of conversation, just ex- explaining <laughs> the basics of sex with my oldest, I was breaking out in a cold sweat. I like, <laughs> And I'm like, this is my kid. But there's something yeah. in us that just feels like we can't have these conversations. So what would you say to a mom in that situation to kind of empower her a little bit, maybe give her a little encouragement? Yeah. The, the thing that I, um, I heard an older mom say to me, and I thought, oh, this is, this is really important. Remember that your children, when they're young, they are hardwired to trust you. They trust what you say. You don't have to be afraid. I think what it is is we're afraid that they won't believe us or we won't have the right words or mm-hmm. uh, we're just embarrassed. Or, mm-hmm. But you are their authority figure. You are God to them in many ways when, you, when they are little and they yeah. trust you. So if you can cultivate that trust and remember that God made it so that you are that authority for them. You, you need to answer to God one day for that. That's one thing I always keep in mind. I'm like, okay, you know, if I'm getting shy about something, it's like, okay, I got to answer to God for this. But right. they do trust you, so they're not going to laugh in your face. And if, if you've cultivated that when they're young, right. and you put yourself up in confidence as the, um, as the person who loves them enough to always teach them the truth when no one else will, then they will also trust you as they get into adolescence as well. So mm-hmm. that's something we talk about in the book, too, that I went to I went to lunch with a friend's daughter when she turned 18, and um, lovely young woman. And and uh, the mom wanted to, the mom really liked the idea of mentor mother, mentor women. So I didn't really know this young lady very well, but I knew the mother very well. And she said, "Would you take my daughter? I have my kids when they turn 18. My daughters, I, I have them go out with with mentor with other mothers that I trust and mm-hmm. just talk to them." And one of the really nice discussions we had was this young lady said. You know, I always go to my mom when I have a question about a, a sexual issue or a term that right. I've heard or something, because my mom always has told me the truth from, from the very beginning. And I thought, and here she was a very virtuous young woman. I right. thought, that's exactly it. If you get them when they're young and they can, and you know that they, you know, they know that they can trust you and, and that you will tell them the truth and you will love them, you won't have these issues later. So that's my mm-hmm. encouragement is don't worry about it. Make sure you you do have these conversations so that you don't have to be the bad guy or the weirdo or the one that can't, um, you know, the kid doesn't want to talk to you because you've pushed them aside for their younger years. Mm -hmm. You got to have these conversations. It's going to be a beautiful relationship when you do, when you do cultivate that trust. 
What a gift to be able to give your kids and as a result to the world, because I, I found yeah, that yeah. there's really that ripple effect that when you're raising your kids in that way, then they're approaching the world in that same way. Um, but speaking to that, what you mentioned in some of the notes you shared before we talked today, um, the idea of natural law and mm. how we can have these discussions, even with non-believers, it's been my yeah. experience, on the basis of natural law. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? What, I mean, maybe someone listening has never even heard that term. Um, right. Maybe you can describe what it is and how you use that in talking about these topics. Sure. So in very layman's terms, because again, I'm not a scholar, but it's, this is available to all of us. So we should be able to talk about it just in kind of layman's terms here. Um, natural law, is, it's, something, it's something that I used and didn't even realize I was using when I was teaching my kids um, for the first few uh, years. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know it had a na- I didn't know it had a name. Right. But basically what it is, is that it, it, it is synonymous with the universal moral law. So in other words, it's the way human beings are supposed to act. Mm-hmm. And it's the way we, we're supposed to act according to how God made us. So it's, it's, again, back to what is the nature of a thing? So what is the nature of human sexuality? What is the nature of a human being? Um, we, as, as all thinking beings, we can reason certain things out. And so when we talk about the moral law, we have to remember the moral law applies to every person everywhere in every time and every era, no mm-hmm. matter your religion, no matter not, no religion, it is always wrong, for example, um, to directly target and kill an innocent human person. Okay, right. everybody kind of knows that. Everybody kind of knows that. Even if they're going to redefine certain things here or there, there are things that are written on every person's heart. Um, things that we can know by the light of human reason alone, meaning, um, again, uh, we can know that it's wrong to rape a person. We can know mm-hmm. that without divine revelation. Right. God doesn't have to, um, certain things we have to know by divine revelation, such as the Trinity, the nature of the Trinity, the nature of the sacraments. So we're not talking about something only religious or only Catholic or only, um, you know, something that Catholics have, been, have received from sure. God and then we spread to others. This is something everybody on the planet knows. And so, um, and they might be blurry on it because of bad formation or whatever, but think about it. Everybody knows that if you're, if you're an atheist or a believer, if someone cuts you in line, you're going to feel that there's an injustice there. Something in our, in our hearts, we know. So this is what we base this on in this book. We say, look, nobody anymore these days is going to just take your word that, well, because the Bible says this, or because the church says this, it's wrong. We have to show them it's wrong because it's, it's in, not in accord with our nature as human beings. And then we go through and explain why. You know, why is, um, why is um, IVF, you know, why is that wrong? And mm-hmm. we go through and we talk about, well, because every human being begins at the embryonic stage. I mean, that's, that's a human being. We go through the science or the biology and we say to little kids, little kids know, for example, that you don't take... You don't take a baby, for example. You wouldn't put a baby in the in the fridge, right? You wouldn't put right. a baby on the on the in the storage room and then walk away. So you can start to cultivate for kids. Um, how do we treat human beings? How do we treat? How, what, what is their dignity? How do we treat them? Mm-hmm. And then we can um, go from there. You know, same with human sexuality. What, what's it for? Right. What's, what's the nature of human sexuality? What, what is its design? And then we talk about how to use it according to its design or its nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with little kids, you could say things like, uh, what if I tried to, because it's true with created things, we create things. Well, God created things too. We create things to have a, a, a nature or a purpose. What mm-hmm. if... Um, 
what if I tried to comb my hair with a, a, a chair? Oh, right. kids would laugh. They'd say, that's ridiculous. That, that doesn't work well. Right. That doesn't work well because it's not the nature of a chair to, to be a brush. Right. You know, so we, this is the type of thing that we, um, that we do. We can teach our kids very easily because they know from a young age that it would be silly to put molasses in a gas tank because mm-hmm. that wouldn't work. So when mm-hmm. we do, we cultivate that, and then as they get older, we can talk more, um, more specifically about philosophical ideas. But again, this is all very easy. There's nothing in here that's, that's really tricky philosophy. Right. It's basic. And it's the reason, for example, that, that when, um, I don't know if you remember the, the KLM, I think it was the Dutch Airlines that wanted to celebrate gay pride. Yes. And they did it with these um, seatbelts. And they said, it doesn't matter who you click with. And they had these seatbelts that didn't click. Because they were trying to say, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman. And everybody could look at that and say, and they were. They were actually, people understood that they were making fun of it. They were right. saying, wait a minute, I don't, I don't want a seatbelt that's not going to click. You know, I don't want it because I won't be safe. I, it won't work. Right. And so that's an example of natural law. It's like, okay, wait, something has to be used according to its nature. Mm-hmm. And then we just apply that to human beings as well. So yeah. anyway. It's that sort of thing. I love that. We just had a little philosophy 101 here. (laughs) Well, and what's really interesting, if I could just throw this in too, it's what we all knew before about 20, 30, 40 years ago. MLK used natural law reasoning for uh, against segregation. He wrote that in his in his letters. Um, Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln in his uh, Lincoln Douglas debate, he used natural law reasoning. So this is something we've always used. It's just we've forgotten about it for the last. 40 years and, and look at where we are. Exactly. So much confusion. We've gotten so confused yeah. in very recent history on the most basic things. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what a world we're sending our kids out into, but what a gift this book is and what a gift you and Trent are in sharing your talents to encourage and support families. Um, maybe just uh, one last question talking about, you know, the culture, like, like we said, it's rapidly changed in the last 50 years or so. Um, what are you anticipating? Like, I, you know, mm. as, as we're looking ahead, and I try not to be anxious about the future, but yeah. already, you know, 25 years ago when I was first married, <sighs> I was praying mm-hmm. for my children's future spouses because I was looking at the world then saying, oh my gosh, who will they meet and marry? But uh, so much more so now for our, our grandkids and for their kids. Um, and how do you, how do you, what's your worldview, Layla? How do you do that? How do you get through that? How do you trust in God in an uncertain world like that? You know, you have to, in this day and age, you have to almost look at yourself as, you know, we're in a post-Christian, post-modern world. So we are no longer comfortable. And, and I, and the, the hope I get is that we're no longer comfortable and that's okay, because when we got comfortable, we got lax. You know, mm-hmm. we got so, um, we tried to be so much like the world. And now the world is so hostile to our faith that that's no longer an option if we want to stay Catholic. Mm-hmm. And Christ was not comfortable. I mean, that cross was not comfortable. And he was mocked and he was humiliated. And our, we are, this is our Christ moment. It's like, mm-hmm. are we willing to be humiliated for Christ? Like, just standing our ground and saying, no, I, I'm sorry, you know, I, I don't believe that a man can be a woman. You know, I don't right. believe that. It doesn't mean you have to be mean. It doesn't mean you have to be unloving. But it just means standing for what is the created order, standing for what God did, for, you know, in creation, standing for the truth. And that is the loving thing, and you can do that. But it's going to take a lot of courage. So I, I get the... 
you're right about what's what's coming. I don't know because there is nothing to stand on anymore. The culture doesn't <laughs> believe in natural law. Right. So if you don't believe in natural law, then everything is arbitrary. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where it's going to go, but it's not looking good. Right. So <laughs> what we can what we can do is say thank you, Lord, that we know we have this grace to understand the truth, to understand the natural law, and that we could teach our children because they then can be the light that this very, very depressed, confused, dark world needs. Mm-hmm. Everybody's upset. Everybody's, nobody's happy out there. They're, yeah. they're committing suicide. They're, you know, the teenagers are really, really um, depressed these days. Things are not good. Mm-hmm. So we want to be that light to the world. And in that sense, there's a lot of hope because they will want to stand on firm ground, these, these people who are sinking. Right. And we should be that firm ground that they can come to and, and find some hope and some light. Oh, I love that. that. That's so important. And that's something that I've tried to encourage my kids, especially when they're having conversations with their friends about some of these hot button issues like homosexuality for example where they feel like they're being mean right if they talk to their friends and say no you can't do that well i you know i try to encourage them to talk to their friends from a position of what's going to make a person happy right and is that going to make that person happy and you know in the immediate yeah perhaps they're thinking it would but then encouraging them to think more long term and about one another's happiness and Ultimately, that's what all of us ever want, right? Is that happiness, right. peace? We want to have lasting fulfillment. And exactly. even even people who are those crazy people you see on the news, that's what they want too. Mm-hmm. So I right. think remembering that, that we have that shared humanity and mm-hmm. that God, yeah. is, God is in his heaven and he's in charge. So I think it's important yeah. to remember that too. <laughs> and he put us in this time, in this place for a reason. That's another thing we have to remember. It wasn't a mistake mm-hmm. that we're here right now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's a great point. Because I know sometimes I've been tempted to think, oh, if only I could be Little House on the Prairie. I know. Oh, it would be so much. Not, wouldn't it be easier? I, oh that's gosh. what I think. But, yeah. you know, it's, he, he needs us here right now. So, uh, you know, your will, not my will, Lord. If you wanted me here now in this yep. crazy time, I'll, I'll do it. I'll this do it. is where we what are. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Layla, for all of this encouragement and for all of this knowledge and inspiration that you've shared with us here today. So again, listeners, the name of her newest book, co-published with Trent Horn, is Made This Way, How to Prepare Kids to Face Today's Tough Moral Issues. You can find more information at laylamiller.net, L-E-I-L-A. M-I-L-L-E-R dot net. I'll have that linked up along with links to the books um, in the show notes that are always available for every Girlfriend's Podcast at ascensionpress.com. So you can go there to find out more. But Layla, I want to thank you for everything that you've shared here today, for your openness and your warmth and your encouragement. I want you to be my girlfriend. (laughs) It's too bad you're all the way in Phoenix. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm thrilled. This is great, Danielle. Really, truly, thank you for what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for this conversation and God bless you in your work. God bless you too. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back to Girlfriends. Before we have to go, I just want to 
mention one more time the litany of trust. You guys know I am obsessed about this prayer and I've been giving out the prayer cards pretty much everywhere I go. So if you are in my real life somewhere, you will be getting a prayer card sometime soon. Um, So I've mentioned this previously uh, that I am praying the litany of trust for every day of 2019. I'm also praying the litany of humility um, for every day of 2019. So far, so good. For those of you who are praying along with me, let me know how it's going for you. I've been hearing from some of you. A few of you connected with me on social media and shared with me some beautiful stories of trust and ways in which you've struggled with trust, ways in which God has rewarded your trust. Really beautiful stuff. Um, They're too long for me to share here, Um, but I do want to encourage you to keep on sharing those stories with me because they're beautiful and they're inspiring. And if any of you wants to share a story, if you have a brief enough story that you could tell it um, in a voicemail, that would be awesome. I would love to be able to share it here on the show. You can always connect with me on Voxer or just record a voice memo of yourself telling your story of what's going on with you with regard to praying the litany of trust, ways in which God might be testing you just a little bit and encouraging you, nudging you to grow in this important area of trust in this year of 2019. So I want to hear from you in that way, but you can also leave me a voicemail or send me an email. If you just want to leave feedback on the show, if you want to leave feedback from all the stuff I talked about with Layla today, if you want to leave feedback about what kind of topics you'd like for me to take on here or feedback from any of the previous episodes, you know, I always love to hear from you. Connect on social media, email me danielle at daniellebean.com or connect on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always included in the show notes at Ascension Press. All right. I also want to mention a few different places that I am going to be. Uh, Saturday, February 23rd, I am going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat at the Catholic Church of St. Mark in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, In March, I am going to be at LA Congress, that really huge uh, religious education conference that happens every year in LA. I'm going to be there March 20th through the 24th. So if you are attending that event, make sure to come by. Um, Holy Cross Family Ministries is uh, sponsoring a booth for Catholic moms. So I'm going to be there. Lisa Hendy's going to be there. Lots of awesome people are always at this event. So love to connect with you in real life at that event if you're going to be around. But also uh, Saturday, April 27th, I'm going to be speaking at the Together in Holiness Marriage Conference taking place in San Antonio, Texas. Saturday, May 11th, I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat at Light of the World Roman Catholic Church in Littleton, Colorado. If you're going to be anywhere in the area of any of those events, I'd love for you to come out because I would love to meet you. I always love to meet people who listen to the podcast. If you don't happen to live in one of those areas and you're interested in bringing me to your area, either to speak at a conference or to give one of my retreats, you can find out more information about how to do that at daniellebean.com forward slash retreats or daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. Okay, so go to those links and you can find out, like there's a little form you can fill out to request more information, but there's plenty of information available on the website as well. I would love for us to be able to connect in real life. I love connecting through the podcast, but of course, this is a limited media. So meeting in real life, I think the more we can meet in real life, the more real this girlfriend's community can become. Speaking of making the girlfriend's community more real, one way we can do that through social media is through our Facebook group, which is a closed group only available to those who listen to the girlfriend's podcast. And it's growing 
And we're having some interesting conversations there. I love getting feedback on the show and people sharing with me what's going on in their lives and asking questions to the group there. It's really a, a great way for us to kind of expand our connection throughout the week. It's wonderful to connect through the podcast, but also being able to um, connect with other people who are listening to the podcast, I think is a really valuable thing for listeners of Girlfriends. So if you're not yet part of that Facebook group, you can request to join at facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. If you can't remember all that, that's fine. Go into the show notes at ascensionpress.com. You can always click the link there. We'd love to have you join us. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much for being here. I truly appreciate the fact that you are just there listening to what I have to share here at Girlfriends every week. Thanks so much for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 